Oh, it's so good for you, for real, for fun, for everyone. You're listening to Out Loud Orlando, the home of happy hour, the most unique radio show and podcast heard of its kind. When you ask, every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time at WPRK 91.5 FM, the best in basement radio. I'm your hostess with the mostest, DJ Crazy JC John, and this is episode 106. And he's here with us today. He was quiet in my opening, so I can't say, oh, you heard him there. I'm always quiet in your opening. <laughs> it is Tom the Elderberry. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, girl. How are you doing? Oh, it's a hot one today, sissy. Yes, it is hot out there. What happened to our lovely fall? We had, we had a good fall for a while, and the next thing you know, it just was like, bam. Bam, bam. Mm-hmm. So how's your week been? It's been a good week. It's been a good week. My great nephew was over, so we did Halloween with him. We didn't have hardly any trick-or-treaters, just like three or four. But but we had fun. Yeah, the road I live on, it's too busy. Mm-hmm. But I went and ran some errands at like 6 o'clock as the sun was going down. I saw a little Bo Peep. I yes. saw a whole family of zombies. That was really, really oh, funny. funny. Very a family funny. of them, and they're all the same. That's a good. But they were just ambling down the sidewalk. <laughs> I mean, I guess it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> For them, as long as they got candy, that's all that matters. A lot of trunk or treats. There were a lot of trunk or treats this year. They did one at Colonial Plaza last night. Oh, really? Last night they did. Yep. I know a church by me did one. Um, on Saturday. And I thought that was kind of early for doing one, but they did one Saturday. I guess it's safer. I don't know if I, if I had children that I would want them walking up to strangers' doors. Yeah. Yeah. We went in our neighborhood, you know, that way we knew everybody. But yeah, I don't think going up to a stranger's door, it, I mean, they're not, first of all, they're not going to give you their drugs. So you're not going to get any. You know, fentanyl candy or any... Razor blade apples. Razor blade apples, right. No gummy edibles. Nobody's wasting no those on kids. Exactly. Nobody wants to give those to kids. No. Oh, I thought that was a really tall person going by <laughs> here and he's on a scooter. He was on a scooter. <laughs> I thought it was a really... I thought, dang, that is tall. Seriously tall. <laughs> like Dennis Rodman tall. Right. Now you a basketball player. <laughs> so let's go on into the two things that we have taken from this past week my first one mm-hmm. weddings stress people out yes they do especially the bride yeah i went to a wedding on saturday of my niece mm-hmm. and it was an italian wedding oh my yeah exactly that lots of food though a lot of food and a lot of like attitude yes Yes, very Which much. I wasn't quite prepared for. <laughs> but it was neat. Yeah. Yeah, and lots of manja, manja. Yeah. Eat more food. Open bar. Oh, yes, of course. Of yeah. course. Did you think you were like on an episode of Jersey Shore? No, it was nicer than Jersey Shore. Oh, good. They were, uh, they were higher class. <laughs> oh, Italians. yeah. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, that's not Jersey Shore. That's much nicer. They rented a venue in Old Tampa called the Orlo, Uh which is an 1874 house that they've redone. Mm -hmm. And on the back of it, they built the room for the the wedding dinner. Right. Fantastic. 
Wow. Fantastic. An Italian wedding. That's the way to go. And then my second one is death sucks. Yes. That goes along with one of mine. <laughs> my, my first one is that there is less Halloweeners in our area. I've noticed over the years, the kids that used to come, of course, they've grown up. But, like, we have kids that I always see playing around. They're always riding on their bike and everything, but we didn't have them come up last night. Yeah. And they, they went to, they must have went somewhere else, you know, to some other, because I know there are some areas that all everybody drives to and they park and then they go all around the area. Yeah. And so that was my first one. And my second one is, like you said, death sucks. Mine is, um, mine was that take every moment, you know, to cherish every moment that you have with people because you never know. And we got word today that a fellow DJ that used to be here at WPRK, Nina, went from Sunrise Soul with Nina. She passed away. And that just affected me because she came on, uh, it was about two buildings ago, two, two uh, stations ago when we were in a little house. She came on right after us. And then at the station meetings that we have, she was always hoop hoop and hurrah for, for Out Loud Orlando, the homo happy hour. So I was just, it was just really hit hard to hear her, of her passing. Yeah, and mine yesterday, there was a bon vivant from Orlando, James Sparkman, that passed yeah, away. Sparky. People knew him as Sparky or Sparkles. Yeah. Um, he was a Southwest flight attendant. He was just a ball of fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm, he's going to be missed. It really shook me yesterday. Yeah, a lot of people. I, I saw a lot of people posting about his death and just really, you know, lost a good one with him. And then somebody we talked about too. like five months ago, um, Patrick Haggerty of the very first country group, Lavender Country, which was the first gay country group. Mm-hmm. He passed away yesterday. Isn't that weird? And he was with um, Ginger Minge when she did her Double Y Diva album release. Yeah, yeah. They were all at Will's Pub. Yeah. So R.I.P. to to everybody that's just dropping like flies, man. Exactly, and it's it shakes your mortality a little. Right, right. It started with Leslie Jordan. He started it all. <laughs> no. And speaking of which, if you want to see him post death, well, that sounds weird. Um, he's on a version of the Property Brothers where he yeah. redoes Dr. Eve's house for her, mm-hmm. Rosemary Alexander. And that's going to be November the 14th on Discovery+. Plus. We watched, um, my partner and I, we watched The Last Call Me Cat, the most recent. I did too. Where it was uh, d- dedicated to him because they don't know when they're going to come back on certain production. You know, they haven't really said anything yet. Yeah, it's just kind of on hiatus why they figure it out. Yeah. I mean, what when one of character. your stars drops off, exactly. Got to figure out a way around that in the script. And you know, he, you know that a lot of gay people probably watched it just to see him. I thought the little clip that Fox did was good. Yeah, but of course they could only use the Fox clips. They couldn't right. really. They couldn't go into his whole entire life with all the different stuff he's done. And speaking of Fox. To all the Rollins kids, Fox Fest is this Saturday on the lawn. Yes, it is. From 6 to 10. Yep. Yep. Lots of music, lots of bands playing, too. Yeah. Fox Fest is always a fun time. 
So local, that, I mean, that's a great segue into local since that is locally. Also tonight at Savoy is Comedy Night with Greg Metz and he has a lineup. A lineup. Tonight he's got the heavy hitters. Yeah. And it's going to be in the Ivanhoe Lounge. Let me find right now and I can tell you. It is going to be Gregory himself, AJ Callie, Kevin Diane, The Bree, Sabrina Embra, and Jeff Klein. Got some really good names. Yeah, they got some big big ones at the end. And that is tonight at 8 p.m. at Savoy on North Orange Avenue. No cover. Um, and it's also it's good. Like I said, it's going to be in the um in the in the Savoy. It's going to be in the Ivanhoe 1915 room, which is new for them. That is new. That's new for them to be in there. But. It's fun. Um, also tonight, there's also at Southern Nights, there's Twisted Tuesday, as usual. And uh, let me see, Wednesday. I actually, I don't think Adrian has been at Boots. I haven't been seeing it being advertised I the, last, seen it either. the last couple weeks. I haven't seen that. But there is Club Secrets in Kissimmee with Secret. April Fresh back from her 80s, 80s in the sand, which is now called The Sands. Back from there where she got to get pictures with Boy George, got to see Con Can. I love Con Can when they did the prompt. I have an issue with that, but that's just funny. What, was that I beg your pardon? Yeah, because that was two guys. One is Barry Harris and the other was the singer. Yeah. And Barry wasn't there at all. No. Yeah. No. I know. It was cute, though. It was. And it Belinda was. was there. Belinda Carlisle was there. She looked there. great. She looked great. She sounded great. Um, all kind of people. I want to go to the cult. That's what. That was my favorite. In the daytime. Yes. Yes. Just mind blowing. It, it, and you're in a pool watching the cult. And your makeup's just running. <laughs> A lot of the concerts were done on a stage at the pool, kind of like how Parliament House used to have their stage there. But you didn't have people in the pool. It's a pretty big pool at the resort. And they're watching the concert in the pool. Yeah. I just say you got to watch out because a lot of people be going to the bathroom in the pool because they're drinking. and. Ooh. Why get out? Yeah. Ooh, no. Yes, they will. No. <laughs> Mm-mm. You think they're going to lose their spot at a concert just to get out of the pool? To I go would to the cannonball bathroom? my way back into my spot. <laughs> that would be hilarious. And this week, we got to watch out for Cher because she's going to turn back time Saturday night. Yes, that is this weekend. We get to, um, we fall back, so we gain an hour. Do we? Do we really? We gain it. No, we gain the hour that we lost in spring. Right. But it's going to get dark at like 530. Yep. And it'll be light at like 5.30. Yeah. Which will be okay. Yeah. I just have to turn around and change my times on my, my smart lights now at home. <laughs> I think the clock on my oven will actually be right now. Yeah. <laughs> I used to do that in my car because I'd forget how to change the time. And so I would just leave it and say, okay, it's an hour behind. And I'd keep it that way. And then it would catch up. Which, you know, we're supposed to be doing away with that, but it won't get past one of the houses, the House or the Senate in our state. Right. They won't get past there. But I'm like, hurry up and do something about this because I'm tired of it. 
it messes with my sleep. It messes with my sad. Yeah. I get sad that the seasonal affective disorder really bad when it changes. Yeah, it's, that's the way it is. So going out from local, just to talk about Carl Nassib, the openly gay football player who is now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No bucks. He has brought up, he has um, gone in and he has a new app. And it's not for jocks, not just for jocks, I would say. But he is basically, first, like he's the first active NFL player to come out. And he's had a really good year. So now he has an app. And in this app, it's basically connecting people to nonprofits. So where you could volunteer, you can help, you can you can donate, you know, anything like that. But you can um you could turn around and um Well it matches groups that need funds yes. with people that have funds. Yes, it's called Raise. I was I was got lost there because I was looking for the name. It's called Raise, R A Y Z E. It matches users with local nonprofits to make giving back as easy and rewarding as possible. People can choose to donate their time through volunteering or help meaningful community organizations stay funded. He came up with this because he said the NFL went out of their way to support him and to support the Trevor Project. So it, that made him think, and he just wanted to say, hey, let me pay it forward since it's been given to me. Um, just to talk about that a little bit, he had plenty of help. The um, Raiders surprised they moved to match his $100,000 donation to the Trevor Project. Which is awesome. Yes, it really is. And I like that he and said helpful. it's not just a dating app. Right. If you want to go with somebody you just met and you don't want to go for coffee for the millionth time, yes. why don't we go volunteer something together? He said, say you have a Sunday afternoon, a Sunday morning to kill. You want to go on a date with someone that you don't, and, and you don't. You don't want to get... You don't want to go get coffee for the millionth time. You don't want to go get a drink for the millionth time. So you say, hey, why don't we just go pick up garbage? Why don't we, like, hand out lunch somewhere as our first date as a way to give back? What a good idea for a first date. It's actually really nice. For anybody, that's an awesome first date. And, and every there's a lot of people that need volunteers on just like that basis. Yeah, yeah. Pick, pick, uh, pick any nonprofit. Go on raise if you need to find one. Pick a nonprofit, and that's your first date. Go do something. Like Brilliant. That. Your second date too, if you want. You know, make it make it your date. And and if you already have a partner, you could even turn around and say, "Hey, let's have a date night," and do that for your date night. I mean, the possibilities are endless. But what what a wonderful wonderful app. And it's wonderful that seeing him play. And bringing that energy to our state. Yes. Especially in this climate. Especially in this climate, which we'll be getting into a lot talking about. But especially in this climate. Something else about this. I mean, we love... It seems like we can't go a week without talking about little Nas X. Little. Lil. Lil. Lil Nas X. LNX. Yeah. He's keeping his name in everybody's mouth. He is staying relevant. He is, he is really staying relevant. So, 
This week in our Lil Nas X segment, we have two of them. Update. The first one is, he slammed a fan who jokingly called him gay person in a terrible outfit. And this was, of course, on social media. It was on Twitter. And a person had bought the outfit that apparently showed a gay person in a terrible outfit. Next to the label was a photo of Lil Nas X. It's basically that. The spirit Halloween The spirit Halloween meme. And it says, gay person in a terrible outfit. And we all can't be in Balenciaga. And it's a picture of Lil Nas X, exactly. But it's a picture of him. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay. So, of course, he goes back and he said, it's funny until you realize both my dead grandmother stitched this outfit together by hand right before passing. And I wore it to go and donate to a children's hospital after volunteering at a soup kitchen for the homeless. Not so funny now, is it? Exactly. So, it's like, hey, before you go to make a joke about something, maybe you might want to learn about it a little bit. Research it. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, it was the pink outfit. Yes. From uh, Old Town Road. Yes. Yes. Which was a beautiful outfit. Yes. You could not get a knockoff at Spirit that was that exceptional. No, not at all. Not at all. And the second thing... He is sick of being asked if he's a top or a bottom. And he said, which this opens up a very big conversation, it's becoming a huge form of misogyny. And it is. It is. I mean, we've all dealt with that. Which one's the lady? Well, neither of us are the lady. Who's the girl in the relationship? No one. We're equal. The same thing with lesbians or the same thing Mm -hmm. with trans people. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't put those things on other people. First right. of all, it's none of your business. Right. So people ask, so someone asked him, um, if someone asked him, they asked him about his sexual position, if he prefers top or bottom. So he turned around and says, I get this question a lot. I've never been a bunk bed kind of guy. I like king-size beds. I like queen-size beds. But for real, all jokes aside, with this top and bottom stuff in the gay community, it's become a form of misogyny. And it's like, how, how, you, how are you misogynist? You're all gay. We're all F-bombs. And we're all F- You're all F-bombs. Right. He said it. I'm like, oh my gosh. What a way to address that. But what do you think? Like I said, I don't think it's anybody's business. Mm-hmm. If you're attracted to somebody and they're attracted to you, that's between you two. Right. And any relationship is like that. What I think about it is that people can't wrap their heads around it, that they have to turn it towards a straight thing. Who's the man and who's the woman in the relationship? Well, we're not straight, so it doesn't act that way. So don't try to put that on us. Right. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, know? it's it's completely different. Mm-hmm. And it's you can't really explain it to anybody. Right. But right. at the same time, it's sort of crass to have them ask what you're doing in the privacy of your bedroom. Right. I mean, ugh, uncouth. Yeah, it's kind of like, well, then you just would want to ask a straight person. You know, so somebody as if a straight person were to ask me that, oh, are you the woman in your relationship, or who's the guy and who's the girl? I would look at her and I would probably be, or, or you know, I'd be like, well, what way do you do it? Do Peggy. you know doggy style? Peggy. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I would just be like, what way do you do it? So why are it you just, asking me that? It, uh, who does that? There was a, uh, on the Golden Girls one episode, whenever Blanche and uh, Dorothy, they were on a show and Rose, Rose put them on one of her shows and it ended up that they were on a show about lesbians. Oh, no. And then someone asked, who's the man in the relationship? And Dorothy says, well, I take the trash out if, you, if that's what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> just so silly. Mm-hmm. Just so silly. It's it's crazy, 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 crazy. So that was our little moment of Lenlon's ex for this week. For this week. For this week, I'm sure he's gonna be next week. He's gonna be back. Well, he never really goes away. Yeah. There's a lot of people that never really go away. Right. Right. So now this is time for a moment of your gay history. History. History <laughs> So, five centuries on, Milan still echoes with the genius of queer icon Leonardo da Vinci. What? You may not have known that Leonardo da Vinci is gay. There are the I think it was gay. He's not still right. gay. Well, he may still be. His ghost is. Okay. <laughs> you got me there, sis. <laughs> and basically, in Milan in northern Italy, that's home to a cornucopia of clues to his artist sexuality. Um, he died more than 500 years ago, but there's still his stuff, his, his wonders, his works his are works. all over and still are known. He's the icon of the Renaissance. So, non-Italians are often surprised to learn that it was Milan, not Florence, where Leonardo spent the bulk of his profusely productive professional life, and where one of his most recognizable works, The Last Supper, was painted. In a convent dining room. Yes. Now, Milan is also where he met Gian Giacomo Caprati, more commonly known as Salai. He is the young male assistant and pupil who many historians believe also became his longest-term lover. Wow. So this week, Milan plays host to the annual global convention for IGLTA, which is the International LGBTQ Plus Travel Association. Um, it's a full-circle moment for, the Nor- for Milan because it was slated for May of 2020, and because of everything, it came back, you know... So they're giving a whole queer theme tour. Yes, that's cool. Yes, they uh, they um, they come out there. The CEO comes out and says Leonardo spent an important part of his life, more than twenty years, in Milan. Here he met Sally in his artisan shop just close to the Dumo, and people can see one of his masterpieces, The Last Supper, and it's where he demonstrated himself to be an important engineer. Also, that's awesome. It's just amazing to know. I never knew he was gay. I never did. Although most artists So maybe are. the Mona Lisa's a man. Yes. Maybe that's that smile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe he's giving me one of those divine grace looks. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love divine grace. I learned something so... I did not know she was from... Or lived in Western North Carolina. North Kakalaki. And here it turns out in the same small place that I lived in. 
her parents owned a video store. And I know one of my friends works at that video store. That's funny. I was like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, what a small world. So yeah, Leonardo da Vinci. I was almost going to say Leonardo DiCaprio is gay. <laughs> Leonardo da Vinci is gay. Leonardo DiCaprio isn't. He is going through his own issues. Leo? Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah, yes. Finding girlfriends when they're 21 and then dumping them when they turn 25. <laughs> you heard about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I read about that. Yeah, that's something. Yeah. Now to get into some of our deeper sections. Oh, let's do the Halloween one before we go away from it. The Halloween one. Miss Morin. Okay, yes. Okay, so we have, this is something else. It's a another follow-up. Another update. Another update. It's another follow-up. When we've talked about Marin Morris, and she's mocked Brittany Aldine feud with a Halloween costume meme, which is basically the same meme we've been talking about than we talked about the last week. The spirit Halloween meme. The spirit Halloween meme. Which was the best of 2022 so far. Yes. Because yes. they were endless. They Endless. Everybody can make their own up. The faux costume idea includes a beef with trans transphobes. Just to go back and give it some, um, in case you in case you haven't heard last week, and you don't want to go to www.homohappyhour.com to listen to it, but you still can find past episodes there. Marin Morris is a country singer, and Brittany Aldine is the wife of country singer Jason Aldine. Brittany Aldine had made a comment that she was glad she on her on an Instagram or yeah Instagram, Instagram post that she was glad that she her mom never never gave her hormone or anything like that in her Tom girl in phase. her tomboy phase oh, so because she likes to be girly girl and so that uh, obviously that transphobic you know. Um, post that she made got Marin Morris's attention and so there's been this beef going back and forth between them and then Tucker Carlson came in on it which is where the costume really picked up steam yes Tucker Carlson called her a lunatic country music person so Marin Morris comes now she posts this meme it's just the funniest thing oh gosh wait it's not showing up but it's Marin Morris and it says um and it says, um, um, beef with transphobe. Oh, it, it, it starts it, out, it starts out saying lunatic country music person. Right. With her picture. With her picture. And it says that the set includes the tambourine inclusive fans, a pickle ball paddle, a wig and beef with transphobes. Yes. <laughs> I, I just think this is going to I mean Marin Morris is This going has to, got some legs yes. This has went on for what two months Three and, months Yes two yes uh, Thank And they keep going back and thank forth Thank God more for her for standing it. up Because the first time she did the t-shirt She raised a hundred thousand dollars For the Trevor Project Yep, yep. You know <sighs> I just think it's great whenever someone turns around and take something like that and makes it for the good. For the betterment of everybody. Exactly. I think that's great. I love that. I love it, love it, love it. I like people that stand up for our community even if they're not part of it. Right. Allies are always welcome. Yep. 
always welcome. And that's a strong ally. That's a strong ally. I mean, because country music is becoming more open to gays, as you know, we had talked about there. Then we have the Osborne brothers with the one brother being gay. TJ. TJ, yeah. I was going to say Tim. I can remember. I knew it started with a T. <laughs> so, here in Florida, in Palm Beach County, there is a dad who is suing the school district over the pride flag, and he's using the Don't Say Gay bill. The plaintiff has a checkered history with the legal system, having been suspended from practicing law and fined a quarter of a million dollars in the past. He is a father of a middle school student in Florida, and he's suing the Palm Beach County School District because a teacher allegedly displayed the rainbow pride flag in the classroom. His name is Frank DeLue. His 12-year-old son came home from Emerald Cove Middle School in Wellington last month with information that disturbed the father. According to the boy, a teacher displayed an LGBTQ plus pride flag in the, in the classroom and DeLue took offense. Well. Over a flag. Over a flag. And he wasn't the one that was in the classroom, right? Right. Right. And his son is 12 years old. That's not K through three. And he just came home with information. From what I read, the, the child didn't say he was disturbed about it. Right. He just said he was there. He just, he just mentioned it. Hey, you know, the father was the one who got disturbed over it. Yeah, the K through three thing is out the window. Yeah. Yeah, because this was not K through three. The kid is 12 years old. Unless he was held back, he would be in fifth grade. Yeah. Hmm. That's fifth grade. That's not K through three. This is everything that we were talking about. Well, we've already know that it's it's going to be affecting everybody, right? Regardless of what what class you're in. This guy Delu is looking. He is out looking for reasons. Is what I think. Well, th- that's the way they wrote the bill. It's not the only one. It's not the only one. According to Delu, since he filed his lawsuit, a second teacher has posted a pride flag in a civics class. And so he's amending his complaint to include that one as well, too. You can't, so, but you cannot void history. Right. So what the school did, the school moved his son to an elective art class after Delu complained, but he has yet to hear back about an investigation, he told the station. So because he had yet to hear back about the investigation into it, he filed the suit on October 12th. Oh, come on, straight people. It just seems he's trying to make money off it. Yeah. It, yeah. And it seems when they wrote this law that the enforcement of it, yeah, it turns people into vigilantes. Exactly. And the way the law was written, it's turned people into vigilantes, just like the abortion laws. But Delu was a lawyer in New Zealand, but he's not licensed to practice law in Florida. In 2017, he was fined $250,000 for appalling misconduct by a New Zealand court, and his law license was suspended for 15 months. They handed down six complaints of professional misconduct, two of which were unprofessional conduct and one of conduct unbecoming of a lawyer. He's also been found to make baseless accusations against a judge whom he accused of being racist. So it sounds like this guy is a bit of a troublemaker himself. Yeah. 
very much a troublemaker himself. And now he's turned around, and this is just, you know, to let listeners know, when the Don't Say Gay bill passed, this is the kind of stuff that we are talking predicted. against. And we predicted happened, that it wasn't just going to be K through 3. Because it was written so vaguely. Yeah. Yeah. There's and, even more. What? Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say there was a, a lovely article by Abigail McCloyd this week. Um, she's a teacher, mm-hmm. and she's about to give up her job because of this. Because of the the parental rights and education bill? Right. Because, because it, now anything that can happen, they can lose their teacher's license. Yeah. And it forces them to notify parents that any bathrooms that aren't separated by sex assigned at birth. Yep. Let's just make it easy. Just make a bathroom just for make, everybody. Right. One person at a time. Right. I don't know why every time it comes up, bathrooms end up becoming an issue. And then the, the third rule requires classroom libraries to be cataloged in a searchable database so that parents will know every book that's available. Yes. Give me a break. Yes. I saw that. I was reading about that. And it's not bad, but our state's one of the ones with the highest number of banned books. Yes. Yes. We're like number 47, I think. It's ridiculous. How can a teacher navigate this? And the teachers are there to teach the students. They're not teaching them about being gay just by having a rainbow flag in there or a picture of their spouse. It's no different than... Well, how would they teach if a book has a gay character? Right. Right. I mean, there's a lot of books. Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. A lot of, yeah, Shakespeare. Yeah. And Shakespeare, too. It's just this minefield. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm totally surprised by it. And, and not only that, an official ruling is going to be made next Friday on this, but a trans- transgender youth care ban is being moved forward by a Florida Medical Board Committee. Yeah, that's horrible. And this happened just this past Friday. Um, the Florida Medical Board Committee on Friday approved a prospective rule that will ban medical or surgical gender-affirming care for trans youth under the age of 18. The committee's recommendation will be passed to the board, and they will make the official ruling next Friday, which will be this Friday. Now, that is over what the AMA says, the American Psychiatric Association says. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's crazy. Yeah. If, if approved, the rule will limit care for the treatment of gender dysphoria in Florida. Gender dysphoria, in case you don't know, is when a person experiences emotional distress because of misalignment between their biological sex and their gender identity. So, they let, it was an open meeting, open to the public, and someone said that they weren't allowed to speak at all during the meeting, not to toot my own horn, but I do feel like I was one of the one qualified to be there to speak as a transgender minor. His name is Jacob Wiley. He's a trans teenager, and that's what he said afterwards at an Equality Florida press conference. Right. So, this is just crazy. The rule will prohibit puberty blockers, hormones, cross-hormone therapy, and gender-affirming therapy for people under the age of 18. Now, there is an exception. The exception is for individuals enrolled in IRB-approved university-centered clinical research trials. Which amounts to zero people. 
Exactly, because there are no, no clinical trials. There are no clinical trials. Therefore, that's that's just not right. <laughs> not I think right it's at all. It's very odd that our Surgeon General can blanket cover this. Yeah, yeah. Although in I'm direct sure disagreement with all of the noted professional science. sciences with science. Yeah, and um, concerns over irreversible consequences of care include hormonal therapy and gender-affirming surgery were raised in the meeting. However, for those who have not yet gone through puberty or are undergoing puberty, the usage of blockers are often the first step in medical transition, and according to the AAP, they are known to be safe, temporary, and reversible. So puberty blockers shouldn't be on here since it is reversible. Right. It's, it's not causing harm, so it, it's reversible. And I thought it was really odd that they had people that had decided they wanted to detransition. Yes. That they gave them time to speak, and they're like older. Yes. Not included in this. Right. But people that are younger, that this directly affects them, were not allowed to speak. Right, and they were they let people speak that wanted to detransition. There were older people. They they didn't go into the fact of when they started transition. Were they under eighteen at the time? Did they receive any exactly. of these things? They had nothing to do with any of this. Yeah, it's just weird. Now, there was an endocrinologist. Michael Lidlow, which those are the doctors, that's the specialty that deals with the right. hormones. They support soul treatment with mental health care in lieu of this care in combination with pharmacology and surgical interventions for transgender youth. He told the board that some of the effects of gender-affirming care are irreversible and can cause severe complications such as infertility. However, pediatricians and endocrinologists have told ABC News that puberty blockers only present real risk after, after puberty and they are not at risk to youth. Hormone blockers alone do not impact future fertility, according to the AAP. So, prior to this ruling, transgender Floridian, Floridian residents had already been barred from using Medicaid to pay for gender-affirming care starting August 21st. And, and that's fine. I don't right. have an issue with that. Right, me neither, because that's saying the state, you know, having the state pay for it. Right. So, I, yeah. This is just crazy. Now, guess who backs this? Oh, let me guess. Rhonda. Oh, of course. Of course, Rhonda. This move comes as Florida legislators, backed by Governor Ron DeSantis, continue to crack down on LGBTQ protections and identities. Yeah, it's been a hard year. It really has. They're really trying to turn back the hands of time. So but the book ban thing is just going crazy. Right. And here's another thing. This, I mean, because this is all, this is Florida. We're not talking about other states right now. These topics we're talking about are Florida. So they're local to us and important to us. Now, here's another one. Anti-LGBTQ groups are helping enforce a book ban law in Florida. Three of four people appointed to train librarians in the state belong to groups that oppose LGBTQ books. 
and none of them have library experience. Shocking. So this just gets onto like like letting people that were detransitioning speak. They're letting people make these rules that have nothing to do with this. So basically, groups of anti-LGBTQ activists are making sure they'll be the ones guiding schools on how to curate and display books in libraries across our state. Yeah, and there's a couple of them that we all know what their objective is. Under direction from state officials, volunteers have been charged with training Florida's public school librarians, also called media specialists, on how to navigate House Bill 1467, also nicknamed Book Banning Bill, which was signed by Governor Ron DeSantis in March of 2022. It will be utilized to remove books politicians and some parents have deemed objectionable. Without reading them. Yeah, without reading them. Of course not. There, um, there was in 2019, FLCA has been active for longer. In 2019, that group released a report called Porn in Schools, which listed children's books written by queer and black authors, including The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas, It's Perfectly Normal by Robbie Har- Roby Harris, and Two Dads by Caroline Robinson. So, this, you know, so since 2019, this has still kind of been happening and been on the rise. It was done quietly now until now. Now it's been. Well, I love that they put out this call for parental nominations yes. and they got a hundred people and only four were chosen. Right. Right. And they all had affiliations with groups that have an agenda that have right groups that are anti-gay anti-lgbtq i should say not anti-gay but anti-lgbtq um now michelle jarrett who is a library and media supervisor for osceola county school district um, she says there's just a lack of understanding of true library work and library standards in general when it comes to the library bill of rights when it comes to collecting or collection development, and making sure that we represent all viewpoints and diversity in our collections. Which Bloop. That's, that's the big point, part right there, representing all viewpoints and diversity. So these work group meetings are happening after Ron DeSantis' administration instructed parents of students to help train school librarians on how to navigate the school's book ban laws. So here he is again calling on parents to tell people how to do their jobs with their child children. Yeah, my friend Carrie in Lakeland got on one of those book groups and she said it was stacked from the word go. Oh yeah, oh absolutely stacked. That's just how they go. That's how they have it. It's, it's amazing that they're you know, doing this. Um, they do say that someone has you know tweeted out that it's disgusting and horrifying and any library or school administrations who don't take the threat of groups like Moms for Liberty serious are going are endangering their workers, patrons and communities because some of these people that were picked to find out these books are Moms for Liberty. Right. And other groups. Yeah, and other groups like Mom for Liberties was one um I was trying to think of some of the other ones. Um, the citizens for hold on, I can tell you. I'm gonna <sighs> look right now. Florida Freedom to Read Project. Um, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Yes. Uh, Moms for Liberty. And 
I can't remember the. And then this brings me to the words that they're using. Yes. So a lot of the words that come out, this isn't just Florida. This is Republicans. How Republicans are using age-old anti-LGBTQ plus language. The Uh, word groomer. We've been talking about that for a year now. Yeah. Grooming. Groomers. That is one word. It's a term that maligns LGBTQ people as child predators. So, and gender ideology. Gender ideology is another one. Grooming is one. Gender ideology. Um, It's the same people that came out with um, critical race theory. The same type of stuff. Um, But it's harming the kids. Yes, it is. They're trying to move out of the despair of being subjected to a set of social expectations that are not acceptable to them. Right. Those kids are suffering. Right. And they're worried about the risk that the anti-gender ideology movement poses to children who are simply seeking out a more livable life for themselves. If we think about the states denying the rights of transgender youth or gender non-conforming youth to health care, including mental health care, that's hurting children. It's hurting children who are trying to move out of the despair of being subjected to a set of social expectations that are not just acceptable to them. These, those kids are suffering. And getting into parental rights. That's that's a term in itself also, parental rights. It is, but when you send your child to a public school, mm-hmm. they should be entitled, the children, to learn that society has differences. Right. And parental rights has become a buzzword these days. Um, Big buzzword. Interestingly, parental rights claims were also commonplace in the 1990s among conservatives who disagree with public school policies policies on such troublesome issues as sex education, condom distribution, and school prayer. So today it's called parental rights, but it's been there for a while. Yeah, it's always been there. Yes, and groomer. People using groomer, if you're against the anti-grooming bill, you're probably a groomer, or at least you don't denounce the grooming of four to eight-year-old children. Now, now, this is by somebody named Peshaw, Christina Peshaw, who was, here we back, come back to Florida, she was Ron DeSantis' press secretary. She made a claim that shunned and horrified many LGBTQ people and their allies, which is what I was just saying. Um, her use of groomer is part of a resurgent of an age-old homophobic language, especially the spurious idea that LGBTQ people are corrupting children. Or recruiting them. And recruiting them, exactly. I mean, this has been going on for a long time. I mean, you know, one of the most famous ones is the beauty queen and Florida orange juice spokeswoman Anita Bryant when she weaponized the think of children think of the children rhetoric in the 1970s with save our children. And that was to repeal gay rights legislation in Miami. Yeah, but groomer immediately marks somebody as predatory when they're yeah, not. Exactly. It does. It absolutely does. When you lump a group of people together and suggest you're all innately prone to criminal activity, you're not opening the door to legal discrimination. You're enhancing the likelihood of people to engage in violent and hateful crimes. And rhetoric. Yeah, 
the rhetoric. It's it it comes down to words matter. They do. Words really matter. Although although uh, missing persons, they say what are words for, <laughs> but words really matter, and especially whenever these days where. It's become it's such a political nature and it's such a political field because the antis of anything are are really coming out of the word work and and pushing their agenda, which they say it's our agenda that's being pushed. Ironically, I'm wearing my gay agenda T-shirt. Today. Isn't our agenda love and tolerance, though? Yeah, that's all our agenda is love and tolerance. There's no grooming. And on the good news, the students that were denied the don't say motion, uh, the don't say the gay bill right. in front of the judge have refiled their right their petition. Their petition, yeah. Because they were able to show that they have experienced concrete harms from the parental rights and education law. Yep. They've been denied equal educational opportunities they would like to receive in curriculum and beyond. They have been subjected to discriminatory education environment that treats LGBTQ people as issues as something to be shunned and avoided uh, with pain and discipline and liability. They're making it where if you are a child and you're questioning yourself if you're gay because we a lot of gay people know when you're that young. and Or if you feel like well, I'll I'll just say myself. When I was young at one point, I questioned myself if I should have been a boy or a girl. Cause, but that was before I even really even knew what gay was. But I questioned myself. Was I, am I, was I supposed to be born a girl? I didn't question it. I knew I was gay solidly by the fifth grade. Oh, yeah, yeah. Solidly. By then I knew I was gay. But before then I'd even questioned it. But you go to school... And, and you're bullied. You're bullied. You're being. You're bullied by the law. You're legally bullied. You're. You're, t- you're told by teachers, and you're told by the law that you're less than. If you're questioning, you know, if you're questioning your gender, even more so. I mean, when we were going to school, it was completely different. Yeah. I had teachers that were gay that would pull me aside and be like, "You're going to be fine." Yeah. Just get through these, at this time it was freshman year of high school. Mm -hmm. Just get through the next four years, you're going to be fine. Yeah. But now kids don't have that opportunity to have anybody tell them that it's going to be okay. Because if if a teacher was to do that, then they could get their license taken away. And thank God we have like the Zebra Coalition. Mm -hmm. So kids here in Orlando can access something that's for kids by kids. Yep. For kids, by kids, and does so much great work for the kids of Orlando right. and are in surrounding areas. Now, just to get off of that heavy, just to end it, end up with a nice little lighthearted subject. First of all, Hulu. Hulu. Yeah, Hulu has a has a um, a short movie. It's a ten minute short movie called Snatched that I would recommend to look up if you have Hulu and watch it. It's pretty funny. It skewers the way people embrace queerness without listening to queer people. It's taken aliens and the son. He uh, he comes out to his parents, and his parents are all about it. They're like, Oh yay! 
They're all about it. But it's to the point where they're over. Oh, they're extra. They're extra over it. And they are just so much. And it, it's a funny movie. It's, it's, it's supposed to be a horror movie, but it's a comedy horror movie, yeah. which I love. I love those. And then lastly, with an assist from Beyonce, I don't think Ooh. he's ever gone anywhere, but Black Queen Kevin Eviance is back. Aviance. And Kevin, he uh, he's open for share. He had his own line of high heels. He was named one of the most successful dance artists of all times. But his next act is just beginning, because because um, Beyonce sampled um, in her song "Pure Honey." She he's yeah. the first part. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sampled one of his songs, so I'm like, all right, all right. That's just great. So, and lastly, lastly, what? Yes. Taylor Swift. Oh yeah! Congratulations on being the first artist in eternity to have the top ten songs on the Billboard chart. Yes, top ten consecutive, all at the same time. All at the same time, and she didn't release this lead single, so that was just her fans that have put that entire album in the top ten. So take that, Drake. And the Beatles. Right. Shake it off. Yeah, just shake it off. <laughs> you need to calm down. Well, it's that time again. This has been another edition of Out Loud Orlando, the home of happy hour, the most unique radio show and podcast heard of its kind. Remember, we are one human family. Fight the good fights and always swing first. But remember, we're still human, one human family. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I'm DJ Crazy JC John. I love you. I'm the Elderberry and I love you. And we will see you, you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. Charisma, uniqueness, nerve, talent. Charisma, uniqueness, nerve, talent. And Charisma. Taylor Swift. And Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Swiftly. Swiftly, girl. Swiftly. Oh yeah. Miss Honey? Miss Honey. Happy 70th WPRK.